Welcome to episode four of our first ever adventure through the Star Wars universe. My name is Mary Clay, if that's too complicated for you, just call me MC, and I know nothing about Star Wars, but that's all about to change. Today, we're continuing our journey with our first discussion of Empire Strikes Back. Joining me today are the hosts of Potterversity, Katie and Emily. Welcome! Hi! Thanks, Thanks for having us. It's exciting to be on this journey with you. Yes, <laughs> truly. <right>? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's something that I hear from a lot of listeners and a lot of guests that I reach out to is they always wish that they could experience these things for the first time. And I'm, I've also received some, um, this is the first episode I'm recording since the podcast has officially launched. So I've gotten a couple of comments from people saying that they're excited to kind of escape some of the negativity of the fandom and the toxicity and you know, even even the creators who aren't those things, who know everything, but they're maybe like bogged down in the details or they're really focusing in on like this one thing. So people are excited to like come to this brand new journey. Um, so I'm excited you guys are here with me in my uh, uh, I'm always like, oh, hop in the starship with me. But I never remember the names of all the spaceships. <laughs> <laughs> the it's Millennium okay. Falcon. The Millennium Falcon there we gets go. a lot there of there good we play go. in this particular segment. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Do either of you have a memory of when you watched this movie for the first time? Mm, Katie, Now, I don't you? really know. Okay, so I was trying to figure this out because I know I watched at least one of the original three in the movie theater, but I was looking at the dates and I think it must have been the third one because I would have been about 10 or 11. I'm a little older. That's a great that's a great age for <laughs> yeah. um, these movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but I think I was probably too young to see Empire Strikes Back in the theater. And so I was trying to think I'm betting there was a sleepover party and it was in the VHS tape. <laughs> <You know>? uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm sure we watched it and you know and I remember having seen the first one you know, it was like on the television at the relative's house or something. And I had come in, what's this? You know, so so I had seen some of some of it before, um, but not not in the theater until I think the one that comes after this one. Yeah, similar story over here. Um, I, I probably got taken with the rest of my family. I'm the youngest of five kids and I was born in 1976. So I probably got taken to, with the rest of the family to mm-hmm. 1983's Return of the Jedi, but I only remember the opening sequences of it. They're very memorable. You'll see that yes, soon. Yes, yeah. And um, and I so I think I probably fell asleep because I was only <laughs> what six or seven. I was also I, I'm also the youngest child in my family, and I was also taken to a lot of things that were not necessarily <laughs> age appropriate for me. Right. Um, I have very vivid memories of watching the movie Rat Race when mm. I was like maybe like seven or eight years old. And that movie is not necessarily appropriate for seven-year-olds. <laughs> that makes me feel better because I'm currently letting my 12-year-old watch The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's fine. Just but, because um, it's a cartoon doesn't mean it's for kids. I know. I know. We find <laughs> that out almost regularly. But back to – so I, I had some, like, kind of cultural exposure to the movie because it's, you know, it's one of the greatest, you know – science fiction fantasy movies of all time. And so, you know, of course I had some exposure, but then I really didn't get into Star Wars or watch Star Wars, or I definitely wasn't a fan of Star Wars until I was 38. So that was in um, September of 2015. And I took a course on Star Wars taught by our friend Amy Sturgis. And um, and then we watched everything, you know, not 
every single like Clone Wars and things like that because there's a ton of that. But but we watched all the movies, and so in in the order that the the instructor recommended, which was the kind of order most people recommend, which is like you know in their release order. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so so I watched it all, and I was just I loved it so much, and it's it's not my favorite, but I understand why it's so many why it's so many people's favorite. It's my um, favorite. It's this, my favorite of those original. This three. like franchise or this particular movie? Oh, this particular movie. Yeah, this is this is widely thought to be not only is it so many people's favorite, but it's widely thought to be the the best of the classic Star Wars films, most critically I think, acclaimed. I think some people say it's the best of all of them that have been made. That's really that that's really interesting to hear. What what are your favorites of the original trilogy? So this one is my favorite of the originals. You know, it's a little broody. <laughs> I appreciate yes, the yeah. the you know that it's it's a kind of in between time and I like mm. that. I like that aspect of it. Um so this one is my favorite. Yeah, I'm probably a new hope person. Um, I think Luke I'm, I'm, is so annoying in a new He is. Oh, he is, but Look remember, Katie, remember my, like, my sliding scale of Star Wars movies, how much Obi-Wan Kenobi is oh, in the right. movie. Mm. That is how I judge my Star Wars movies. <laughs> yeah, so let's just go ahead and jump into it. Yes. Um, we, um, uh, of course, have to open in a, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Or are they going to do it again? Are they going to do it for every movie? For every single movie, girl. We love everything crawl. Star Wars comes zooming at your face. We get that slow crawl catching us up. The Death Star has been destroyed, as we remember, at the end of A New Hope. And um, the rebels have been forced to leave their previous base. And they're now on a remote like ice planet named Hoth. And Darth Vader is sending out probes across the galaxy to look for them. He's obsessed with finding Luke Skywalker. It also says that Luke is the leader of these uh, freedom fighters. And I was like, I I would be kind of mad if like this kid. If you were Princess Leia. Who's like the one organizing everything? Yes, I think Princess Leia is the we leader. We know who the leader is. Like Princess Leia, <laughs> you watch the, the especially like this first 10 minutes or so. Princess Leia is the one like in the control room, yeah. like yeah. giving orders and managing everything. Yeah, why do like, they have all that stuff? I'm sure that's her. in the face with a, by a wampa is what he's doing. I, know. I mean, he's out scouting or something and she's the one controlling everything. She's in yeah. charge. I, you know I what? I, that was like, I hope we talk it. about this because she's obviously the organizational brains. She probably, I think, probably has the resources to get. Look at all that equipment that they have. I know. At the I Rebel know. Base. Like, She's the one say, doing she's all that. She's a princess. That. She comes right. from, and she's a princess. She probably paid for it too. You know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she's a trust fund child. That's where it came oh, from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the trust fund sure. kicked in. <laughs> yeah, but he. It says he's the leader. I don't know, but they like he's got that heroic. You know, I destroyed the Death Star thing. Maybe that's. I don't. He's like I a guess figurehead. That's why. Yeah, he's like. No. I, I think a figurehead is the correct term. Yeah, Mary Clay. Have, are you familiar with Harry Potter? Yes. Okay, good. So he's like what Scrimger wanted Harry to be when he mm. comes at Christmas in book six and is like, come on, you could be kind of coming in and out of the ministry sometimes, you know, and Harry's like, yeah, what? you know. Yeah. So yeah, and maybe, maybe that's like the face. Is like, that sounds great. Yeah. yeah. He's the face <laughs> of the resistance. I also have to say like, okay, y'all, we got three women here. Like Luke has definitely matured some. <laughs> 
And they are really emphasizing the, you know, a little beefcake there. Have I gone to a bad place? (laughs) No, you have not. No, he's so cute. Because, like, lovely close-ups of his face. I do not find him, like, cute or attractive at all. I, I, that might be, I'm so sorry. It might be his personality coming <laughs> a yeah. whiny. Yeah, I'm not, a little... I'm not a big fan of uh, of his personality so far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. That's fair. That's fair. yes. But I do think they really. I I feel like there was some intentional focus on him as you know, like the the young hero. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, then he gets he's a lot his... of great shots, like action sequences and shots where like he's the hero. Yeah. yeah. And then he's in his back to tank um, <laughs> diaper. I don't know, you know. So insane. Not not totally attractive, but like you know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes, as we said, Luke is out scouting. Um, he radios Han, and Han's like, "Okay, great. I'm gonna go head in." And there's a meteorite that he is gonna that Luke is gonna go investigate. But before he can do that, a Yeti attacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I think it's a Bumble. Space Yeti. You know, Bumbles. <laughs> From, is it, is it, from, so, yeah, what is the, the name for this? It's, it's actually a wampa. a wampa, but I think it's a, a bumble. And I, this is from the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer stop motion. I That's what my <laughs> friends and I watching were saying, is that it looks like the Yeti from those original like Rankin and Bass like claymation yeah, movies. I absolutely think that's what it is, but bloodier. <laughs> yeah, but bloodier. And also, um, it reminds me of the puppetry that's used for... Um, the the ghost of Christmas present in the Muppet Christmas Carol. I know that's a specific reference. And it might be because, you know, I watched it, you know, like two weeks ago or whatever. But like I and that's what I'm really curious to maybe learn about. Um, how did they do the tauntauns? How did they do the um, how did they do the I've already not wa- Wampa, not Wombat. Wampa. 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 Because it looks like a lot of puppetry. Um, I do know reading from some trivia that Jim Henson was almost mm-hmm. brought in to do Yoda. Yeah, no, he actually did. Yeah, his company did provide many of the puppets and the puppeteers. And Frank Oz, uh, well, actually, we won't we won't go there yet. You have seen the whole movie, but, but we won't go there because he doesn't come in until later. And he he worked on the Muppets, too. So there was a he big He was Fozzie cross. Bear yes. on the Muppets. And Fozzie Miss Bear Piggy. and Miss Piggy. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Piggy That's and Yoda. Great. Oh, yeah. Same I voice. do hear Fozzie now. I do hear Fozzie now. Uh-huh. That makes complete yeah. sense. Yeah. So, like, I want to watch. Um, uh, I mean, I guess they wouldn't have been filming behind the scenes stuff back then. Um, uh, they, I think they did some. There's I think some they could available. find some. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I really want to, like, YouTube see what all that well. is about. I don't, Mary Clay, I don't know if you want to talk about that. I don't know if you have a particular plan for this, but I want to talk about how totally inhospitable Hoth is. And what's with all these planets that are um, possible to live on? You got Tatooine. It's nothing but sand. And like you, you're you're a water farmer. Like, oh my gosh, like live on a planet with some water, you know. And then you got Hoth. That's like, oh, it's, my gosh, yeah, like it's totally unlivable. Yeah. And they got to close the door at night so they can survive. And, so they can yeah, survive. and it's bad. And the Tauntauns have like a very like low tolerance, it seems yeah. like. Oh, my the, gosh. How for native animals. Found animals that <laughs> that are right for that environment. Did they the bring polar bear did they, type? That's a, that's a good question. Did they ship these tauntauns in <laughs> some other from, from like, like from Tatooine maybe, and know. that's why they're not that well adapted? Or maybe got too much fur. Oh my gosh! You know yeah. they're trying to hide, right? So it would be important to be on an on a planet that seems far away or unlikely to have anybody. And of course, there's the one guy who's like, 
oh, there are a million planets like this. I don't really think they're on this one. <laughs> You know, uh, and uh, yeah, good luck, man. <laughs> good, good luck yeah. in the coming scenes. And I and I think it's a, also a miracle too that spoiler alert for I don't know five minutes from now in this conversation that Luke is able to escape this situation because it's so remote, like it's wide open snow blizzard conditions. He doesn't appear to be following any kind of like compass system of course you can argue it's the force guiding him or whatever he's not that good at the force (laughs) that's true that's true like how long does it take him to get his lightsaber up like he's not that good it's a miracle that that you know he survives this because it is so um desolate looking yeah um so han goes back to their base and uh, we find out that Jabba the Hutt is looking for him and there's a bounty on his head and he is getting ready to roll out. We have several see just like every now and then you see Chewie working on the Millennium Falcon. He's a hard worker. <laughs> and he knows mechanics very well. Always with the screwdriver. Yeah, I appreciate that you have this giant kind of like monstrous being. And he's like the mechanic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's and he's so work. sweet. Yeah, and he is so he's sweet. So he sweet. wants a hug yeah. from Luke. Luke, he doesn't yes. just want Luke to give him scritches. He wants a hug, you know. <laughs> yes. Which is great. You know what? I was really struck by in watching this portion of the film that, you know, Chewie, um, R2-D2, and C-3PO there are human beings in all three of those costumes. I mean, that yeah. to me is just like, what? You know, I mean, in, yeah, in it's cool. Daniels, it's almost the most amazing that he was able to, you know, pull that off. I mean, the poor thing, when they're running for the Falcon and he's laughing, <laughs> shuffling <laughs> along. <laughs> oh, poor the guy. Poor Can you imagine filming that? And they're just all sprinting, you know? He's like wearing thirty um, pounds I, of I did gold painted armor um, from the previous movie that the Chewbacca suit developed a smell, and I fully oh, believe that. Sure, hundred <laughs> percent. They said they said that when um, because uh, uh, Peter Mayhew, who who played Chewbacca and who was literally over seven feet tall, seven and a half feet tall, or something like that, he said George Lucas walked in the room when they were they were, had him there to meet. <laughs> Lucas and the, all Peter did was stand up and he was like, well, you've got the job. <laughs> so he's just so tall, you know, and it's funny, his his legs are a certain way, you know, he's got a certain kind of gait and a certain stance, his knees are a little bit knocked. And so it's very, it's always clear you when can it's always Peter tell Chewie. Yeah. And who else is going to play that? And now they have some other seven foot, you know, former basketball player who who plays Chewbacca, but it's not the same. You can tell it's it's not the same person. And, it, mm. you know, Peter just lent such that I, I love that, yeah. To that. yeah yeah somebody's <laughs> got to do it there are no small parts only small actors yes exactly yeah. or large ones i, like I guess yes right. and large ones super tall ones, <laughs> very yeah. large ones yeah so han's going to leave and he i mean we talked about how desolate hoth is but nothing compared to those ice cold looks leia <laughs> is giving han <laughs> And, like, I want to know, like, what is it she's mad about as soon as he walks in the room? I mean, like, I, I maybe she's already heard that he's going to leave by then. But, like, she's already mad when he walks in the room. It's just she's sexual mad. She sparks. wants to jump his bones. It's just yes. sparks. <laughs> yeah. It's love-hate. Yeah, and she's enemies oh, to, love to lovers. She, yeah. she is so because she's in. She really is in charge. I mean, we we were joking mm-hmm. about that. I mean, we weren't joking about that. She really no. is in charge. She's been in charge, and it falls to her. And she's she's a controlled person. She's very self restrained, and she's 
her focus is on the rebellion and always has been on the rebellion. And especially since losing her, you know, entire family. Um, Planet. So, yeah, right, I didn't spoil exactly. anything, did I? No, 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 you didn't. That was in the first movie. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh. Yeah, so, right, (laughs) right, exactly. That already happened. Planet, family, (laughs) tradition, all of it, you know. And so I think she's just angry at herself because she just can't, she can't take her eyes off this guy, you know. Space pirate. (laughs) (laughs) He's just so cute. And all those little butt shots they were doing when he was trying to fix the hyperdrive. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, we will talk about that. Um, Yeah, so he's uh, going to leave and this results in like, a huge like banter scene like bickering banter they're like having a little like you know lovers spat in the hallway and people are like having to like awkwardly scooch around them (laughs) it's really funny um and man i just so i do wish that this like development of their relationship that like they've in the previous movie we saw them be more you know in it, frenemies, like having frustrations with each other. And then kind of by the end, they there's obviously hints at affection, but like that's kind of it. And then now we've j- kind of like jumped a whole step in their relationship. Yeah, where we didn't three really years see. later. It's three years later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've been setting mm-hmm. this up for three years. And I feel like there has to be a lot of stuff that was going on that we just we miss. Yeah. And I wanted to I wanted to like see that happening. I wanted to see the moment where they're like, oh, let's act on this feeling for the first time rather than like, oh, we're already familiar that we like each other. I'm sure know? there's fan fiction. Am I right, Emily? There has to be fan fiction about that. Oh, maybe in between three oh, years. There may even be licensed <laughs> fiction at this point. Oh, for, yeah. For right. oh, that's a good yeah. point. That's a good point. But yeah. I'd rather have the fan fiction, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a little more unrestrained. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But I like, I mean, there's a lot that's unsaid, and he's trying to yeah. get her to say it. And yeah, I did. I did. I have to say, I sort of did not. I did not find it humorous when she said I would sooner kiss a Wookiee. <laughs> I was like, but he's That's so sweet. To Chewy. He's so and sweet. Then Han says, I can arrange that. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Let's let Chewy decide for himself. Right. If he, I feel like he would be like, no, I don't want to kiss Princess Leia. Like, we're above that. Like, I, I'm not going to do that. And we don't even know if kissing is a thing that they do. That is true. But just great, great bantering, great. Yeah chemistry between um Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford just like so great um I did read something that said like they're they were so different in height that Carrie Fisher had to like stand on a box for some scenes just so that they were in the same frame <laughs> she was just so petite and lovely um we we have people yeah in but my... fierce right oh I love fe- that I know. like totally she, does she be little she be fierce mm-hmm. like she's definitely in charge and yeah, he's yeah. he's I like this because it's like you feel like there's been a lot of dancing around stuff and he wants her to come out and say it. But he's a little vulnerable about it himself. Mm-hmm. Oh, you he's, know, yeah, he's not going to be the one to say it first. And, yeah, he's, he doesn't want you to. know, she's like, she's like, well, I guess see you. Bye. And he's yeah, like, bye. Well, fine. Well, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I what will starts go. it all off. Yeah. And she's like, well, we need you. You know, she, he's like, we, we. And he's really trying to get her to, like, confess. I need you. Yeah. And she just can't. She can't do it at that point. They're both so stubborn and uh, 
in that sense, he, I mean, they're good for each other, you know, in in that sense, you you just want it to work out because it's like, yeah, actually you're kind of uptight and you kind of need to be more uptight. (laughs) So you guys should really collaborate on this. Yeah. Uh, then we we see our first appearance of R2-D2 and C-3PO in this movie, and they're going to talk to Han because he has turned his communicator off because um, he's mad at Leia. And they are worried about Luke because he has not showed up again. So this is when Han says, I'm going to go out and look for him. And they're like, the Tauntaun will freeze before you can get back. Um, and he's like, well, I don't care. So he goes storming out. To Sorry, Tauntaun. See you in hell. <laughs> Then I'll see you in hell. Nice. Somewhere in this galaxy, there is practicing Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so You're funny. Right. <laughs> see you in hell. Yeah, he does yeah. say that. Oh my yeah. gosh. Which is a funny. It's a funny line. I was listening to it and going, ew. You know, yeah. like that's kind of a weird just... line. But he really sells it. Yeah, you know, like he, he, I can, you can no, see Harrison very Ford good. being like Harrison you know, Ford. He's is very so good in this whole movie. Grumpy and curmudgeony, and I know. And I'm like, I they're know. just trying to help you and be like, hey, you're probably gonna die if you go out there, and you know. But you know, here's something that I also really like. So, I mean, we know Harrison Ford now, right? And so the curmudgeonly, like the grumpy, but like he's that, but young. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. And so he, it, he, it's really cool to see that. And I like that you can see that he's he's just had a lot of real world experience in a way that maybe even Princess Leia hasn't totally had. Mm, yeah, um, and so I sure. really like I like that little, little contrast as well. Yeah, but yeah. she's catching up. You know, when you watch your planet get blown up, you know, that's Yeah, there's only that's yeah, she was life captured by Darth Vader, tortured for information. Yeah, right. So true. And you know, I, Darth Vader, you know, he's looking for, you know, he's looking for Skywalker and all that. But it's like, hey, man, aren't you worried about Princess Leia? Princess Leia, Because yeah. Princess Leia is the one who's just... organized the whole rebel resistance yeah. against you. I know. At this point, and it's doesn't just so she personal. Look like I know. And doesn't she look like someone you used to know? <laughs> Emily! Oh, oh, I don't no, know. It's anyway, okay. okay it's no okay. spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> it's okay. Your listeners, your listeners will appreciate that. Okay, well, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Oh, I do also like that we've now developed to a point where Han and Luke are friends. because um, And like yeah. they actually call each other friend like Han is like I'm going to save my friend you know Uh Um, because again at the in the previous movie it was a lot of like he he was like oh man get a load of this kid doesn't know anything Uh like uh yeah so they're they've developed to a stronger friendship um I thought this this part of this movie really emphasized that and I thought that that was kind of interesting they're like this whole section they're exploring the relationships among these three main characters. And so that you can see, you know, you see some of the tensions between Han and Leia, but then you also see this camaraderie between Han and Luke that's really developed and has become Mm -hmm. really strong, like a brotherhood, you know, I think that that is supposed to be kind of the glue for a lot of the movie. Yeah, you definitely see how a lot of the relationships have, developed since the first movie because yeah you see like Chewie gives Luke a big hug yeah um Han is so annoyed with C-3PO he cut like he covers his mouth I think that's so Um, funny he's a robot and he puts his hand over his mouth over his like speaker (laughs) over his speaker (laughs) so you're seeing and like C-3PO is being a lot more he's being like a lot 
nicer and comforting to R2 because R2 is like standing out there with his like little radar thing, seeing where they are. And, and he's, he's like, it's okay. He's I'm always sure got the probabilities fine. that are so, so, and he's like, well, sometimes R2-D2 could be wrong. <laughs> could be wrong. It's okay. Yeah, ma'am. Yeah, I was like, I was interested in that because usually it's C-3PO who's the one providing the probabilities, you know. And yeah. so that kind of must have shifted over to, because it was determined that was really annoying. <laughs> so give it to yeah. C-3PO. <laughs> yeah. So Luke is in this cave where the Wampa. Wa- huh, Wampa has captured him. The Wampa is eating his tauntaun and Luke is like frozen upside down, like his feet are frozen to the ceiling. And he uses the force to get his lightsaber, which is like very conveniently, like, you know, just out of reach, but it's also like still with him. No, nobody said Wampas were smart. <laughs> Wampa doesn't know well, what I the lightsaber maybe is. It would have been, it could have been like in his, in like the holster on his pocket. And then when he was hung upside down, it fell out. But I was kind of like, how did the, how did we make sure the lightsaber got here too? You know, like. Yeah, that's true. And I'm actually s- skeptical as a costumer. I'm skeptical about the, it was in a holster because generally lightsabers are kept on like a little D ring like a hook on your belt mm. and you can see it as he's leaving the cave after he gets free here he gets his lightsaber and he cuts the wampus arm off and he's leaving you can see it swinging on his belt from the d hook mm. when he's leaving so that's why i'm so kind of like how did it yeah fall off and yeah yeah know. maybe maybe the wampa not really knowing what it was but finding it too crunchy. You it know. would have been really funny if he <laughs> took it out and was playing around with it and then <laughs> pressed the button and just... <laughs> that was the alternate ending no more to problems. that scene. Yeah. No more problem. <laughs> so That's Luke, hilarious. he does get the lightsaber using the force. He really has to put all his concentration into it for a second. Um, and just in the, nick of the time, in the nick of time, because the Wampa's coming at him. This is where I... Um, would like to pose that Luke Skywalker is too dumb to live. <laughs> because he chops the arm off of the Wampa and then runs out of this cave into, as we have established many times by now, a desolate, like, ice wasteland blizzard. in the middle of mm-hmm. a blizzard. Mm-hmm. A smarter survivalist would have, if you've already, you have the lightsaber, you've already chopped off the arm, just go kill him. And then take shelter inside the cave. Okay, honestly though, he did the worst thing I think you could do in this situation. Bye. He ran away from the cave. Yeah. Yeah, he could have just killed the monster. He could have killed the monster. He really could. Started a fire. Yeah. Climbed, pulled a what? What was the movie? The Revenant. Oh yeah. <laughs> pulled a Leo and sleep air. inside the carcass of the Yeti. Yeah. And. He does not do that. (laughs) Yeah. That's really funny. I just finished reading an article from an an anthology called The Theology of the Star Wars Universe, which is, is, Hmm. I'm very interested in it. Yeah. But I just read it, um, an an essay in it that argues that at his best, you know, throughout his whole career, no spoilers, but throughout his whole career, he's at his best when he kind of embraces a nonviolent you know, that nonviolent aspect of the Jedi, where it's like Jedi always use the force for knowledge and for defense, but never to attack. I and guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I kind but of I think there should be an exception when you're being attacked by a wampa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if you're going to chop his arm off. Well, he wasn't being attacked I mean, he was going to eat him. 
He the was Wampa was going to eat Luke, right? Yeah. But I mean, you know, are there really are there really murderers in the in the animal kingdom? I mean, you know, just a predator. Just a predator. <laughs> it's all relative. It's a circle, circle of life. life. Food. Yeah. <laughs> I had a question, and I think I know the answer to this, but maybe you guys can, especially um, Mary Clay, because you've just watched the first movie and this one. Um, this is the first time that Luke uses the Force besides when he's using the lightsaber with Obi-Wan in training, old mm. Ben, and then also when he shoots the Death Star, you know, shoots his yeah. X-Wing's gun, you know. So is that, so this is really yeah, the I first think, time he kind of force pulls something. Yeah, I think this is the first time we see it, like, in practice. We mm-hmm. see him, like, using it in a real-life situation. Because in the, it, the Death Star moment is kind of like, it's just in his head. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like we don't like physically see it happen. No, it's you like know? a feeling that he just follows. Yes, that, exactly. Yeah. So this is the first time that we see something like move to him um, because of the force. And yeah. he's calling yeah. on it. But it's hard work for him. I mean, I know I said that mm. before, but I was like, wow, like he's really not doing so great. I think it's it might have been easier because all the, all the blood was rushed to his head. So maybe. Yeah, maybe I should give him a little break. <laughs> but like, well, but, but the Wampa woke up years. to what he was doing and the Wampa yeah. started moving toward him which is a big distraction and so but i was yeah, like oh true. he did it anyway good for you. yeah but it's been yeah. three years has he not been working on this that's also true well um has is it established that i know that three years passed between the release of these movies but i got the impression that like maybe like a year has passed between because yeah it says i think that, it's like, less than three is it i thought it said mm-hmm. three but maybe mm, I'm wrong. I don't think it specifies the- how much time has passed, but I think there's there's been enough time that the rebel forces have you know established a base somewhere else, um, and Darth Vader has kind of regrouped himself and found a found a new spaceship to occupy, um, and sent you know and sending out these probes. So I, maybe I'd argue that like it's like a year, two years. But I mean that's still true. It he's still not very good at it, <laughs> which we'll work on in this movie. So it's okay. Yeah, and I had I know Emily and I just watched uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail for a different podcast that we did, and I just had some night you know the the knight who gets all his limbs chopped off flashback right, right. from the womp. <laughs> I was like, did they watch Monty Python before they Monty Python and Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer? I thought were definitely referenced. And, and by the way, the interwebs agrees with Katie that it was three years between. Oh, okay. Well, there I'm we go. I'm just glad the interwebs agreed with me. That almost never yeah. happens. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get like the more I talked about like everyone needed time to regroup after the events of A New Hope. And then there also needed to be time to pass for their work to be going for Darth Vader to be looking because I like I'm assuming that like it's not like he just started looking you know he's probably been looking for a while Mm -hmm. now so yeah three years does kind of make sense yeah and for the Empire to kind of bounce back from its great loss of the Mm -hmm. Death Star you know I mean that's that's really huge and um yeah so trying to always think about things from an Imperial point of view these days (laughs) just trying (laughs) Back at the base, everyone's kind of 
they're all worried. They're all stressing. They've had to close the doors for the night, which means Han is now out there for the night as well. I thought this beginning part, wow, they build tension into so many of the little moments. And the way they built the tension into, we have to close the doors now. And there's Chewie sitting there. And then they close the doors and he's like, oh, He's he's very upset. He's despairing. He's like leaning against a ladder and he's like resting his head on one of the like pegs or whatever. Like he's worried about his friends. He's an emotional creature. He really is. Yeah. Yeah. They're all yeah, they're all very upset. Yeah. C3PO tries to tries to comfort Leia and it's like, I'm sure it'll be fine. Also, the odds of them coming back are very low. (laughs) But we might be wrong. And I'm like, 3PO. But you know, so also I feel like Leia, you know, Leia's the one who gives the permission to close the doors. And I feel mm-hmm. like there's this tension in this whole opening part that you can see in like throughout the series. I'm not really spoiling anything, but you know, the good of the one and the good of the many. And she yeah, yeah. this is how she's really leaderly. She's like, for the whole base. We have to close these doors, yes, even yeah. with these two men that even I with care my about. Boy toy out there, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> right? Have to close God, the d- right? Doors. Not. I'm shutting them out into the freezing cold, and she has yeah. to make that decision, and she does it. Like that's mm-hmm. the sign of mm-hmm. her. And you can, her but authority. you can, yeah, you can see that it, it it was a hard decision for her to make, and that yeah. she's still, you know, upset and stressed about it. Right, but then also you've got the brotherhood of Han and Luke, as you know as Han is going after the one guy, right? Mm-hmm. And this is mm-hmm. worth it to him. I'm going out. Oh, that and is And so true. there's that tension you can see between she's the one who has mm. to make this hard decision. She has to stay at the rebel base and she has to make the decision to shut them out. But Han Han can make the decision to go just for yeah. the one guy. So, And that's just like they're, that's just the core of who they are because... In the first movie, they just harp on, they really, really, really want you to know that Han, you know, answers to himself. He's, you know, a lone ranger. And Leia, obviously, is the princess of, you know, a whole people and a leader and everyone. And so that that's so, thank you for bringing that up because that's so interesting. And that's going to be a really interesting dynamic um, to, to pay attention to as I um, continue discussing this movie. Yeah, you can, you can just assume because her title is princess that she has you know comes from a family with a strong sense of duty you know and responsibility and of course that's borne out in other media that's come out you know which is not a spoiler at all because you can see it right here in that in that same moment Hmm. c3po at one point says to r2 don't worry luke will be okay he's quite clever for a human you know (laughs) and then it's not a hard cut but like i just found it humorous that like 3PO says, he's pretty clever. He'll be okay. And then we see Luke lying face down in the snow. (laughs) (laughs) Clever your way out of this one. (laughs) Yeah, but you know who turns out to be really clever is Han, right? So, and I was also going to say, yes, but the... (laughs) Well, hang on. We're skipping over your favorite person. Obi-Wan makes yes. a little appearance. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's got a public service announcement. Luke has like Luke. a force hallucination. Um, and Obi-Wan is telling him, like, keep going. Hallucination? Mary Clay. This is, is it not a hallucination? Well, it could be real. Well, in the previous movie, we weren't seeing him yet. We yep. were just hearing him. 
Um, I do. I I am waiting for, you know, a Gandalf the White moment in. I thought it might Mm. happen in this movie, but I guess it'll happen in the next one. I don't believe that he's like dead, dead for good. Um, Mm. And if that's if that's wrong, absolutely wrong. I will, you know, eat my words, but we'll get to that later. (laughs) He's always with us. I have a cardboard cutout of Obi-Wan Kenobi. From, the ones from we a different love era, never really still, leave us. That's yeah, Harry the Potter. Ones that's <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I think we can safely say it's a force vision. You vision, know? So, yes. Right, vision. so whatever mm. we want to, you know, and hallucination maybe it's not too far off. But, um, but I think maybe, you know, you're right. In the past, he just hears the voice. And I think maybe we can conclude that Luke's connection to the force is growing stronger, stronger. because now, That's you know, a good point, yeah. now Finally, col- color TV, years. you know, yeah. yeah. And he's like, Dagobah. I love this. He's like dying in the snow and he's like, Dagobah, yeah. got it. Yeah. <laughs> Write that down. But, you know, that happens. That happens right before Han comes in. So mm-hmm. it's like he's able to have the vision because he is going to be rescued. This isn't going to be the end of his story. It's not that. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. So Obi-Wan tells him he needs to go to the Dagobah system. And does he say the name Yoda at this point? Yeah. Yes. Um, and he says that he needs to go train with Yoda. Yoda, who was his master. Yes. And Han finds him and he's going, Ben, Ben, Dagobah. <laughs> Yoda and like half of Luke's lines in this movie are him just like in a semi-conscious state saying like a name of of a person or a place yes Luke 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 so yeah so Han comes in the Tauntaun immediately just kills over and dies very convenient (laughs) very he doesn't have to kill the Tauntaun but you know this Tauntaun like these Tauntauns like it's bad to be a Tauntaun this is not a good it's not a good life Got killed by the um by the wampa and eaten this one, clean to the bone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then this one. So I turn to my friends and I go, "Oh my god, is he gonna cut open the stomach of the tauntaun and they're gonna live in it?" And then like literally the next thing that happened is he cuts open the um tauntaun and wraps Luke in the like guts to keep him warm and wasn't like, that him so inside. gross? That was oh, so gross. gross. And Han says that he says like, "Oh, and I thought you guys smelled bad on the outside." outside. That's so a classic that's line. Gross. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, and then Han goes like Bear Grylls mode and like builds a snow shelter and, right. and they do survive the night. What a good technology they have to be able to look for signs of human life. <laughs> I just thought that's the best instrument yeah, ever to be again, able to There's a lot of convenient say, things must be over on. here. <laughs> and it looks like um, when they go and they pick them up the next morning, um, they, they're like calling out for them and Han is like on the radio and he says like, nice of you to drop by or nice of you to join us or something like that. Um, it looks like he's also set up some sort of like transmitter or there's like an antenna or something in their snow shelter. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're... Um, uh, he, I, I think the best person that could have gone out to save Luke is Han, because like he seemed to have all the skills necessary to make it work. But it's such creativity. Like I do think. Yes, I thought, yeah. Actually, I thought there was a lot of creative problem solving on display in, in this in this first uh, part of the film. And I was going to say too, like I like you need somebody like Leia who can think big picture all the time, and she's thinking about the whole group. But you also need Han who's going to go out and do the crazy thing for the one person. And I like that you can totally see that she did her job and he did his in terms of the what they're doing for the resistance. So I just mm-hmm. had to follow up mm-hmm. on that point. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, and and there's also, you know, because it's not just not just cleverness. It is cleverness, but it's also good use of technology. He had the technology on him that he needed to survive the night. And Mm -hmm. in Star Wars, I think there's always this theme of what is our relationship to technology? How do we use technology without becoming technology? And so, and, and you see that struggle in the character of Vader most clearly, right? Because he is this, you know, mm-hmm. he's, his suit is this, you know, uh, contingent against death, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's very, it's, 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 he's very scary. I mean, from the very beginning, from when he first steps on the scene in A New Hope, it's like, oh gosh you know there's right. something yeah. so foreign about this person and so i think throughout the the films especially luke has got to learn this this lesson of how do i avoid becoming like this like this figure you know um who also uses the force right mm-hmm. um and and han is a great example of how to use that that technology to really do good in this scene I think. yeah so they get back to the base and luke is in a cryo chamber of some kind oh it's a back to tank uh, i i'll have to i i was um recording audio of my uh first time watching it so that i could get my like initial reactions and i think my friends were we were focusing about something else and we were still talking about the previous scene or i don't know and i had to be like wait hang on hang on something weird is happening that i have to watch he's in a diaper yeah which is that luke is in a tank that is like being hooked up to so- to something and he's in some kind of a like robotic diaper and he has a uh like oxygen mask on as soon as he wakes up he's like holy crap i gotta get out of here i'm out of here <laughs> yeah and it was just like uh, it, it was just the weirdest thing I've, i think i've seen so far in in these films yeah it's it's very it was pretty weird. strange yeah. healing bath weird. but you have to imagine like i think they were thinking like how would you get out of that without being totally frostbitten, you know? Yeah, right. And I yeah. think that the healing bath is sort of their response to how do we make him, you know, in fighting form pretty quickly. Right. <laughs> and Bacta is this kind of, is like the Star Wars wonder drug. I mean, it's it's just the, the, the what they always talk about as, as, you know, it treats everything. I think every, every franchise <laughs> or, you know, every world has something like that. Exactly, you know? yeah. exactly, so... So Luke is recovering and Han comes in to talk to him. They're all checking up on each other. Leia comes in. They've received some kind of a uh, a message that Han can't leave yet because they want to put an energy field up. And so that, of course, spurs another, you know, spat between Leia and Han. And Han's like... You know, I know all. I know all about how you feel about me because of when when you revealed your feelings to me, and I, I don't remember where, but clearly it was like some mission that they were on previously. And then Leia is so outraged. She, I, I don't know everything that she calls him. But she calls him like a nerf herder. She calls him scruffy she looking, scruffy nerf herder. looking. Yeah, which That's is the one so he objects to. That's the only one he's Yeah, and he goes, scruffy looking. And I'm like, no, hang on. I'm with Han on this one because there's not like a beard, a, a, a single like beard hair on his yeah, face. Yeah, no, he's like, not scruffy he looking. The, he's the cleanest looking man I, I've ever seen. Like if this were Aragorn, scruffy looking. Oh. Yes, absolutely. Han, laser no. brain, laser brain. Yeah, I think laser is also brain. another one. Yeah, um, another one. Yeah, I did. I did write down at this point because Han Chewie laughs at all of this. Oh, this and is he the goes, best line. Laugh it up, fuzzball. That's one of the best classic line. lines of this movie. Best laugh line in it Star up, Wars. and he delivers uh, it 
He delivers it. You were talking about how well Han delivers the line. This line... So there's this funny um, anecdote where apparently Harrison Ford said something to George Lucas about some lines he'd been given. And he said, George, you can write these lines, but you sure as hell can't say them. Right. Something like that. And yeah. I was thinking about like laugh it up, fuzzball. Like you read that and you're like, Jiminy, how do I make that good? But it's so awesome. Laugh it up, fuzzball. fuzzball. Oh my gosh, it's so, it's so, so well delivered. It's so great. Laugh it up, fuzzball. <laughs> he calls um he calls three PO um like gold rod or something yeah. later on. Go- Golden like, rod or just the names that they throw mostly it's Han. Um, but like the names that they throw at each other are just so great. Um, I don't think I talked about it in the previous movie, but in um, A New Hope, she calls him Flyboy. <laughs> and it's so, it's like something that a kindergartner would think of as an insult. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, he's a, you know, a space pilot. So I'm going to call him Flyboy. Like, it's so <laughs> these bad. names just crack me up. She's and such oh, an uptown yeah. girl. She doesn't have a lot of those she insults is. just at the ready. Yeah, <laughs> She's not used to right. having to having to fight those battles herself. I was going to go back to something that you said. Like, I thought he was saying that she had revealed her feelings for him when they were having that flirtation in the hallway. Yes. Oh, you know, is that what he was that, referring right. to? Oh, you mm-hmm. think so too, Emily? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I, I I'm still. I don't think I was paying attention to exactly what he was. I don't know. Whatever. But okay. Yeah. Because now I can kind of understand. Because more, I was originally like, oh, what happened? Uh, you know, what are what are they talking about? You know. But now I understand her outrage more because yeah, she obviously up. didn't reveal any feelings at all. Like, no. oh my god, no. And he was frustrated. But I will say this: like, I think she did reveal feelings, just not. Yeah. Oh yeah, like yeah, explicitly <laughs> saying revealing things in what you're not saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the best kind of romance because it's like yes. there's just a bunch of stubbornness standing in the way of it you know oh, and the it. audience is like this is gonna happen it's gonna happen <laughs> it's like enemies to enemies to enemies to enemies to lovers like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know where this story goes yes and it, what is it like what is the frenemies version of lovers like lovers mm-hmm. who are still also kind of enemies right <laughs> you know like that kind of a thing and they've really been through a lot together already you know mm-hmm. they've they've been through the events of a new hope and then you know they've whatever's happened in these three years in between i will say han and luke certainly shared some special moments like huddled together in a snow shelter (laughs) you know inside of a tauntaun like right right. you had to write down dagobah (laughs) (laughs) that's a special bond that i would love to i think obviously probe more into one day han and leia also and and luke too like they've matured and they've their experiences have shaped them and have I mean they still have some sharp edges but there there are ways that they're bring being brought closer together because of you know just the passing of the years and the, and their their maturity the experiences mm. that they're having so I love that I'm such a romantic as you can tell I like all the I like all the romance talk so speaking of romance uh Leia says well you don't know women as much as you as well as you thought you did plants a big old fat kiss on Luke and this is when I need to reveal to the room that the day after I watched Empire Strikes Back, I was watching an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine in which a Star Wars reference revealed to me <gasps> that Luke and Leia 
our siblings. Okay, good. So I, I didn't wreck it for you. Okay, so I was... No, I caught, I caught on to... I was like, I think I know where she's going, but but I'll, I'll bring it up later. I was literally so, saying to somebody today, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to talk about this movie when Leia puts that big smacker on Luke and Mary Clay doesn't know that they're brother and sister. So I had exactly one viewing. That's what I think is the miracle. I had one viewing of this movie where I didn't have didn't that know knowledge. know that. Mm-hmm. I will mm-hmm. say when it happened, the fir- you know the, my first time watching it, I still thought it was weird and it made me uncomfortable. Whoa! What? What? What just happened? <laughs> what? <laughs> what the heck was that? It's, so, yeah, it's yeah. kind of out of nowhere, and it's clearly <laughs> aimed at making Han oh, jealous. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, clearly. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like nobody gives somebody a first kiss like that when you're like, obviously, you, I'm going to kiss you. You know? It's yeah. Like, yeah, but on, Luke really? enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His, and, he, he, his like, reaction is really funny. He's like, oh, he puts his hands behind his head. He's, yeah. he's really, because he knows that that pissed Han off mm-hmm. and he's ready to rub that in. But, um, I and I'm sure I'll explore this more uh, if if that you know relationship is revealed in the next movie I'm sure I'll explore that then as well but if George Lucas knew the plot of both of these movies and knew that storyline when he wrote this scene why is just my question why would you do that we don't we don't need. I, I I guess I understand that it was like he, he might have been like I really want to throw the audience you know off the scent. I really want them to. I not don't think see it was that clever. Coming. I don't think it was that clever either. And I, and I'm I'm trying to think. There is a moment where it was decided that that was the case, but it was not a case from the beginning that they were to be siblings. So Ugh. so he did like yeah. I, I'm pretty sure in the first film that wasn't even determined yet. And well, but by by this point, was it? Well, that's a good question, and I don't know the exact... with the first movie, you know, they weren't sure. They were like, we're going to do this one movie. He was like, it's going to be terrible, and I'm never going to make a movie again in my life, I guess. Um, and then, you know, obviously it did so well that they came back for, for two more. So I wonder if, like, when they came back to do Empire if he also was thinking of the plot of the next movie at that point, or if he still was going movie by movie. Um, But I've had lots of people tell me that like in some shape or form, he knew the whole story of these movies, even when he was writing a new hope. Yeah. I think that is actually true. He, when he was devising a new hope, you know, he had some of the narrative of the prequels in mind um, because of the character of Vader and needing, you know, to have a fleshed out backstory for who he is and why, what motivates him, et cetera. And, um, but there was a moment, there, there was a time when it kind of all fell together. And then this decision was made that, you know, Luke and Leia were siblings and, um, and, and then, you know, it all worked out from there. But I, I wish I could tell you exactly when that was and if it's now or if it's sometime before Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi in which you know you'll 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 get the story on that find out yeah, yeah right right exactly so um so that that means that luke is also wait no that means that vader is also leia's father i'm ass- assuming they come from the same father um and there that, is another that also, <laughs> yeah that also adds another like 
weird, like just kind of like not necessarily plot holes, but just kind of like, did he know he was kidnapping his daughter in the first movie? Like, did he realize that? Like, mm. is yeah. he? Yeah. Well, it, I think it's meant to maybe we're not meant to know, but yeah, yeah. I guess the assumption is no. Yeah. So and obviously he's not even interested in her. And I don't just think that's like misogyny, you know, yeah, <laughs> like he doesn't oh, care because totally. she's a woman. I think he I think he's fixated on Luke, you know, mm-hmm. and because yeah. he recognizes in him something and he just doesn't recognize it in Leia. That's what I think. Yeah. Uh, so um, there's that fun reveal for all yeah. of us. <laughs> that definitely changes the context. Of oh, this Brooklyn scene. Nine Nine. me. <laughs> I'm Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Thanks a lot. I'm glad it wasn't just me. I know. It wasn't you. It's okay. It's okay. What is going on with you two? Come on, boil out this again. You gotta admit there's a spark. How many times do I have to say it? She's like a sister. That's what Luke said about Leia. Hey, Luke didn't know. No one knew. This is very early on in the podcast for me to get spoiled on something, though. Um, with my first podcast, I made it... Um, like pretty far in before I got like a pretty big spoiler. So I kind of feel like less paranoid that I'm like, okay, I got one out of the way. (laughs) You know, and my thing with spoilers is like, I don't really like them either. I like to watch for plot first and then I go back and then really kind of tear things apart, you know, analytically. But, um, but a lot of, a lot of stories, big stories like this one, they're still so good, even if you know what happens. You know, there's it's still so fun to find out. I just read a book. I read The Secret History by Donna Tartt recently. And you find out on the first pay, couple pages of that book who gets murdered and who murders that person. And the rest of the 500-page book is just like finding out the context and why it yeah. happened, how it mm-hmm. happened, how they came to I will say do, I'm very you know. interested in what the context is for why Luke and Leia are siblings. Yeah, it's, so, a, it's uh, an interesting story. Yeah. I guess good. I'll find out. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, you've got some movies to go before you get the full <laughs> scoop on that. Oh, jeez. Some of my favorites. Some of my favorites. They receive some kind of a transmission or a message and they're playing it, and 3PO says, I don't recognize that as one of our codes, so there's a good chance it's an Imperial code. And then we go to the, I don't know what the new, I don't know what the name of the Death Star 2 is, but the new Death Star, the new ship that Darth Vader is on. And we get the Imperial March, and man, that just slaps. What a banger. Yeah. It's just. I was singing it when I was watching it. You can't help uh, yourself. <laughs> every, I, I've, I've watched this first chunk uh, three times now. And every time the theme plays and I grab the remote for the volume and I, I crank it, I'm like, this is just too good to thing. not. It's so great. Whoa, it's the, it's the theme. Yeah. <laughs> And this is the first Such time we hear it. Theme. Yeah, you know, this, this is, is the, its I was debut. Very, yeah. I was so surprised watching the first movie that the Imperial March does not appear in that one because it's so, you know, synonymous, um, like exactly Iconic. with Darth Vader. Yeah. And so I was very surprised that like that, you know, opening sequence of the first movie with him walking through the hallway that the Imperial March does not play at that point. So that was, uh, I was uh, very happy to like hear it finally, you know? 
And so this is when they are realizing that they're like receiving, you know, transmissions and signs of life and everything from the the Hoth system. And um, Vader orders them to go investigate. Well, I think there are a lot of planets that have a lot of this. I don't yeah. really yeah, know. There's a, I was so like, this oh, is man. When, this I know, is when that you guy was like, that, like <laughs> I kind of, um, I have a very hard time keeping track of all of the different, all, all of the kind of like minor detail, the, fi- the like fine details of the like empire side of the story because it's a lot of like random admirals and generals and they're all Bureaucrats. kind of in the same costume. They're all middle-aged white guys too. Yes, they all. With British <laughs> accents. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't keep track of like who's who and like what's happened. And I just kind of, I'll be honest, I like, sometimes just let my brain like glaze over. And I'm like, the important <laughs> thing mm-hmm. is that they're being, they're going to Hoth to investigate, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, and, that is, um, there- and, and that if you cross Vader, if you, if you talk down to Vader or if you doubt him or, or yes. don't take yeah. his, you know, you'll get force choked to death. You have failed me for the last time. They go to enter like too soon or something. And... Yeah. They uh, exit hyperspace, right? Too close to the planet. Yeah, and that like triggers, you know, a response from the rebels on their side. And he, uh, Vader has like a Zoom call with, you know, the Admiral and the General and everything. And st- yeah. and uh, he's not even using, like in the previous movie, you know, he's using his hands and doing the, the force choking thing. Um, right. He's not even doing that anymore. And he's doing it through Zoom. And yeah. just straight up kills this guy and then goes like, all right, now you're in charge, Admiral. And, you know, this new guy got a promotion. Yeah. 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 And I, I love how they're all Pyatt. trying to rise up the ladder. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Get out. Right. I, I know. want to be the next person. And we see what happens to that person, too. So, like, <sighs> I don't want to be working there. It seems like a lot of stress. <laughs> So yeah, and it's funny because uh, I I mentioned I uh, am part of the five hundred first costume group, and we have um, you know a couple different guys who dress as Darth Vader, and and so when we're at like an event, uh, like a sporting event or or charity event, so many you would be shocked at how many people quest because everybody wants their photo with us, right? And so mostly time we just all like take poses, but there's so many people who want to do a scene with Vader where he is force choking them so he stands away like five feet away and then they like grab their neck or or sometimes they'll jump in the air you know and have somebody ah uh, that's funny like 10 Just times a classic an event. yeah yeah it's a classic. classic it's a classic so the the kind this like big battle you know begins on hoth they send out you know fighters to go uh fight the like invading imperial forces and droids and robots and all that stuff um i just need to point out um my friend that i was watching the movie with for whatever reason the line two fighters against a two fighters against a star destroyer for whatever reason that line just like tickles her fancy every time she watches it and it's one of the and it's just like makes her laugh because of the way the guy delivers it where he's like two fighters against a star destroyer and like that's all this one guy says um it's this is big moment yeah. it's not it's not poetry yeah right. it's not right. poetry yes precisely two fighters against a star destroyer Oh, that one? That's okay. That's okay. There are some very, like, just randomly delivered lines so far. 
so real quick i meant to bring this up earlier but um it was theorized that this whole plot with like the the wampa and him being attacked and all this stuff was written in because mark hamill was in a really bad car accident um and so it was theorized that it was written in because he still had like scars on his faces and he looked really banged up but the car accident was like well before they would have filmed that scene and he didn't have any of those scars still when they did come time to film it so it wasn't written in just because of the car accident um if it had been i was kind of like that's like a good 30 minutes worth of plot that they wrote in just to explain like a couple scars you know right i couldn't believe how long this first i was like 40 minutes you know we're watching the first 40 minutes i was like we're gonna get right into some good stuff and i was like we kind of takes we just barely left hoth i could i could really really just forget this whole plot line with luke being attacked by the wampa i don't really care for it i I, i'm like let's i'm 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 with you katie i'm like i want to get the you know, let's get this going. Let's get into action. Um, and it, and we, we like kind of are now, but this is towards like, you know, minute 30, minute 40 now um, that, that like stuff is finally like happening. I feel like you finally have like empire versus rebel base. Yes. Before mm-hmm. it's yeah. just like, you know, these uh, drones or whatever, these, I guess you wouldn't call them that, but these, uh, they think they're me- oh, the, um... meteorites, but they're, they're what, the they're probe droids. Probes, Pro- yes, yeah, yeah. That are you know that 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 they're trying to use, and that's all that you have. And then you've got all that relationship building stuff. That's happening. yeah, it's mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. more establishing uh, those relationships and kind of like reminding, intro- reintroducing us to the characters. Yeah. I feel like in this first thirty minutes, mm-hmm. yeah. But then the action is really good. Like when they, yeah, yeah, they start really attacking, fun, yeah, it's, it's really a fun sequence. It's intense. There's a lot of different like elements happening. You have Luke and all of the other fighters. I don't know the the terminology for like what Luke is when he's in the orange jumpsuit. Like he's an X-wing pilot. Flyboy. <laughs> yes. Fly or, well, and actually, he's flying a a uh, snow say, at the time. Yeah. I was gonna say they're not. Uh, yeah, they're not X. They're not in now. the X wing. Yeah, but the, usually those jumpsuits are for. But yeah, a snow speeder pilot would be would be one. Pi- yeah. Thing to call so the, the 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 pilots go out and fight this. What are they called? The ATAT. Yes. A-T-A-T. There's some debate over whether it. ATAT uh, should be pronounced I think, ATAT. I, I or think at, at one point they were fr- they're like watching foot like you know surveillance footage of what's happening, and they say like Imperial marchers oh, or walkers. Some, yeah. Walkers. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, like, that's, that's kind of their nickname terminology for it. Yeah, um, these like giant things that I I mean not to bring in so many freaking Lord of the Rings references. I'm sorry, but like that's the world I'm coming from immediately. Oh. But like it's very like Return of the King. Pelennor fields with the elephants mm-hmm. on the battlefield and like okay we all have to focus in our energy and really focus on how how do we take these guys down um they wrap tie their shoelaces together yes yes <laughs> and trip them mm-hmm. it's like a whole it's a whole sequence of like just taking out one and so then of course I had to quip that still only counts as one when they finally <laughs> yeah. you know killed one 
Yeah, but then you get some good, like, Luke heroism where he, like, Mm -hmm. figures out how to get himself up into one to Yeah, he, like, propels. So he is sharing a vehicle with someone named Dak. And then Dak gets shot and is killed. (laughs) Poor poor Dak. Rip rip Dak. You basically don't want to share a vehicle with Luke. With Luke. Yeah. 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 Bad idea. Like a red shirt in Star Trek. Um, (laughs) And Luke has, like... Very, I get that like they're in the middle of a battle, he has to keep going, but he has very little reaction <laughs> to his co pilot dying. And like he has a moment with Dak before they get it, and they're like, hey, but you know, like they're friendly, they're familiar with each other. I feel he like has, I like, could very... destroy the whole Im- empire, yeah, by myself. Me I know, too. Luke, my, my, <laughs> son, no my son was like, oh no, Dak, oh no, don't say that, <laughs> you're jinxing yourself, buddy. And right. I was like, no, man, at least he died doing what he wanted to be doing, you know, so, he yeah. died doing what he loves fighting the empire so but that puts luke like he's out on his feet now because his vehicle gets crushed and then yeah he like propels up into one of them and like i think inserts an explosive device or he just like messes around with like the mechanics or something yeah or i think he, he shoves his lightsaber up in it yeah yeah that's what he does destroy that's a big explosion there's not a lot of use of the force there either. Like I did like that there was some, you can just see he's, you know, he's like a adventurous, heroic person. He's not just magical person, which I liked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Back at the base, they're like evacuating because the empire is landing and they're infiltrating the base and everyone's trying to get out of there. That's another moment we see of Leia's leadership because she's like the absolute last one to leave. And she tells the other people who are with her kind of like in that, you know, control surveillance room. She's like, make sure like go to your evacuation ships. Like she is, you know, specifically paying attention to the people that like she is working with and making sure that like her team and the people who are reporting to her also get to safety. Right. She even stays a little bit too late, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Because um, she there's like a, snow, a, a collapse of, of some snow as they're being attacked. And she's left with no choice but to go with Han on the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> oh, darn. Hot guy on a fast ship. You got to get Let's the go. wrench in there to get the Millennium Falcon going. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> che- like Chewie, and this will be like... Uh, like half of the plot for Han and Chewie in this movie is just like fixing the Millennium Falcon. Yes, always. It's a recurring theme. (laughs) They have to like get it going. Han does the thing where like he he, like hits it like he's... um, um. Oh, oh, what's the show with like, the person in the jukebox? The Fonz. And have and yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The Fonz walking over to the jukebox, like that right. kind of a thing. Oh yeah, he's Just definitely got a Fonz vibe. Again. Definitely yeah. a Fonz vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So they uh they escape and they're being you know obviously they're being followed. Luke and his team they bring down the at ats or the ATATs or the Imperial Walkers, whatever you want to call them. Um, I think they bring those down, and everyone else is just in the mo- the mode of evacuating and escaping at this point. And they're like, "All right, Luke, we'll see you at the rendezvous, right?" And he's like, "Right, wrong." <laughs> we learn later. At this point. I'm going to ask, what exactly is an R2 unit? Because R2-D2 is always put in this little, like, hole 
on the back of Luke's X-Wing clearly is some kind of like navigation system. That's that's exactly right. Yeah, R2 units are meant to be flying aids. So so they they fly with with pilots and they help navigate and help pilot themselves. So, you know, in later media you'll even see R2 flying a ship all by himself because he has that capability. So, little R2. I love, he may look I love like a trash like can, but he's very ship, useful. Though. He's like outside the ship. I, I know. Well, he's he, a droid. He can take it. I think it. he enjoys yes. the the scenery, the peace and quiet. <laughs> he's like a dog putting his head out the window. <laughs> there might yeah. be space whales. Yes, yeah, space oh whales. God, exactly. Um, it's really funny you say that because I do understand that reference because I <laughs> saw, uh, I have seen a lot of random clips of the Mandalorian just because it's like Grogu doing something cute and adorable, yes. you know. Yeah. Hard to avoid. Yes. So <laughs> I have seen that clip of like something like really amazing happening. So they're leaving the Hoth system and then this is when Luke reveals that they are going to the Dagobah system. And I'm like, you couldn't have told, maybe given someone a heads up, been like, hey, I'm not going to meet up with you guys later. I got to go do a thing. So that maybe they're not worried about you when you don't show up, potentially. I Let's think, think about that. I think he, at one point, I thought he made some passing reference to it to Han. Or He did. Yeah. I, I think there was some kind of underlying feeling between them we, we see them have a conversation before this battle happens where they're saying their goodbyes. This is when Chewie gives him that like big old like bet, mm-hmm. like Luke is going to walk away from Chewie and then Chewie gives him like a huge hug from behind and that like picks so, him up. That was and so cute. So sweet. Um, and yeah, this Luke says bye to Han and then he's like going to walk away and then Han says like, be careful. Mm. And you know, something happens to Han later in this movie. And this is the last time they like speak and see, you know, speak to each other and mm. see each other when mm-hmm. that happens. And mm-hmm. we don't know what's happened, gonna, what's going to happen to Han in the next one. So it could be that these are their last words. So it is kind of like, you know, that underlying feeling of like we're in, we're going out on this battle and this is a big thing. We don't know what's going to happen, you know. And maybe separate trajectories. Yeah, maybe we're going to go do separate things. Yeah, opposite directions. Yeah, opposite, you know, missions. C-3PO kind of does the same thing with R2. He's like, goodbye, old friend, you know. They're such buddies. They're yes. such buddies. Um, yeah, and but it really highlights the kind of the stakes, you know, for for the rebellion. You just saw their, their whole base get destroyed mm-hmm. and people died, Dak. Look at Dak. Um, you know, so so you do, it, it does kind of remind you that, you know, these two might not meet again. These three yeah. might not meet again. And they kill off those pilots, man, left and right. Like, do mm-hmm. not care about I them. I know, I know. Yeah. So many of them just die willy-nilly. Back in the Millennium Falcon, which is, you know, barely holding it together. Um, <laughs> like, held together always. with duct tape at this point. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> They're getting chased by Star Destroyers. C3 comes in and he's like, so I've been meaning to tell you. And then Han is like, shut up. And I think I believe the phrase is shut shut him up or shut him down. <laughs> <laughs> and Chewie kind of like shoves him out of the way. Right. <laughs> oh, man. At this point, 3PO is just like kind of like the annoying little brother that was brought on this mission. And he's sometimes getting in the way and sometimes he's not very helpful. But every mm-hmm. now and then he does have helpful information. Like when he says, sir, I noticed that the um, hyperdrive, the, you know, whatever it's called, was, you know, out of commission, was broken. And it's kind of like, 
that would have been important information to have earlier. Like right, there's some right. things you don't always need to share. That would have been helpful yeah. to know. I do love how Han's like, Han's like, watch this. And they're like, And nothing what? happens. What? Watch what? And, yeah. <laughs> Leia, would it help if I got out and pushed? Like, honestly, I just oh love that line. I say that line whenever I have any opportunity, whenever <sighs> anything's not working. I'm like, would it help if I got She's out really pushed? razzing Such him. Sass. Like, I love it. Oh, God. It's like they're the grumpy sunshine trope, except for she's also grumpy. They <laughs> match energies real well. Well, he is her escape route, you know, and then he yes, promises yeah. she, he's going to get her off this planet safely. And, and he's, he's such a he's such a braggart, you know, he's always bragging yes. about stuff and he loves the Millennium yes. Falcon. He's way too fun to take down a notch. This is when we get those amazing uh, butt shots of Han because he goes like into like the like underneath compartment to like fix something. And he's like stretching all over the like pipes and he's like bending over them. And like at, at one point, his shirt rides up about like an inch and you can see like the tiniest bit of exposed skin on the small of his back. And I was like, ooh, that's mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's quite a position. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh, look at the small of the back. Yeah, they knew they knew what they were doing there. And, you know, they always say, like, that Star Wars, you know, it's, it's, it's like bro culture and the fandom and it's all the men and everything. But... There's some stuff for women in these. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Oh, goodness, yes. Of course, that's not um, to not that say men that we are only here. Enjoy. Yeah. 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 Not to say that men can't enjoy that stuff. Not to say mm-hmm. that we can only enjoy Harrison Ford. But, well, you know, it's nice. It's nice to throw in there. And the great thing about Harrison Ford is that he's doing that and he's it's it's sure it's suggestive. But he's also making it hilarious. Like, his character is so over the top that he's like, he's not even self-aware that he's, as a character, he's not even self-aware that he's in this position, which makes his butt so prominent. (laughs) And then then he's he's yelling and he's asking for things and he's, you know, this tray falls down. You hear the... It's yeah, the the so tool, funny. Ch- the toolbox that like Chewie sets down, they like hit a bump and it falls over and That's like so clearly like falls, and you just you just hear like the clunk and then you hear him go like ouch, like yeah, uh, it's a very comical moment in the middle of this like very like intense you know like action sequence. Right, so it's like yeah, he's he's obviously a sex god, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. but he's also <laughs> kind like of a dork. kind of a klutz and a right. dork, yes. and he can't get his ship yeah. to fly right, right. Oh, so it's it. all it. of the things, which yeah. makes it him even <laughs> even cuter, you know. Yes. <laughs> so they get hit by something, and they go back to the you know cockpit or whatever to investigate, and they're at an asteroid field now. So he decides to fly into it. And Leia's like, are you kidding? She says, like, please don't be doing this to impress me. (laughs) And he says, like, well, are they really going to be that stupid to follow us? Yeah, Um, right. How stupid would it be for them? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty stupid. They are followed into the asteroid field. All the TIE pilots are like, we're doing this. We're we're really doing this? We're committed, (laughs) yeah. But you know what? Okay, I love in this whole sequence. So the Millennium Falcon is such a weird looking ship. It's so 
like thin and saucer like but also really flexible and i love how you see it really working and diving in the asteroid field and you can see how maneuverable it is compared to some of these other ships like i feel like like those tie fighters whatever they've they've got to be just like totally unstable they just and they explode like at the drop of a hat you know they just <laughs> like like oh there's a little rock uh, but meanwhile, the Millennium Falcon is just dodging and weaving and turning upside right. down and sideways and perpendicular. And I just I just love it. I think the Millennium Falcon definitely gets its moment in this like asteroid mm. belt. Yeah. Idea. Yeah. She's she's had her problems so far. But, uh, you know, she it's like old faithful at this point. Like she's going to get them there. She's going to, you know, keep them safe. And you get the, I mean, you get a relationship between Han and the Millennium Falcon as well. Like, yeah. he knows how to pilot this ship, even when she's not doing what she's supposed to. Yeah. It's no joke. Don't get between Han and the, and the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon, yeah. Uh, C-3PO at one point says, like, the odds of surviving this are blah, 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 blah. And Han goes, never tell me the odds. And at one point when I was pitching names of this podcast to some friends, one of them said, oh, never tell me the pods. And everyone else in the group chat was like, oh, yeah, that's so great. Bull. And I was like, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I don't understand. the. Re- I was like, I haven't seen the movies, so I can't understand the reference. Yet. You need to get your own podcast title. I mean, I think that's kind of a requirement yeah. of, of that, yeah. you know, and not like I'll get it eventually, you know. <laughs> right. No, I think you, you chose a good title. I think it's a fun yeah. title. Mm-hmm. No, well, thank I like you. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. And uh, this this is where we'll end our movie discussion for today. It's funny because like, you know, we were saying, oh, not that like not that much happens in the first 30 minutes. But then, man, it really starts happening. Like a lot's going on. Mm -hmm. The gang is like split up at this point. You know, Luke going off in one direction to, you know, go go on a training montage. And uh, what are their names? Han and Leia. Oh, no, actually, actually, I'm remembering now. This scene ends with Leia saying, I hope you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And Han goes, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Confidence right, inspiring, right. Han. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah. But like a fun, fun way like for for us to like transition. It's like, OK, we've gotten the ball rolling. The plot's beginning now. Um, and then now you can kind of feel things like settling down again for us to mm-hmm. ramp them back up again. Yeah, they had. So I, th- I feel like the energy of that first, this first segment is that you have, you know, these kind of individual moments of anticipation and suspense, like the womp, the wampa about to get Luke and, you know, the doors closing and will they make it? And so you have some of those kinds of tense things and then but a lot of character development stuff and then you get this really intense action that I thought was really well done like it's still really good it's really good stuff and the pacing is great and you've mm-hmm. got a sense of who's who's doing what even though and I do I love Darth Vader walking through the rubble oh, totally base. forgot to mention oh, that the yeah. cape flying He's, the the imagery of him walking into this yeah. you know like ice base so cool and Again, a moment that's not meant to be comedic, but I found it comedic, is he walks into the room as the Millennium Falcon is taking off, and you just see him stop and, like, look up (laughs) (laughs) at where they're, uh, at the Millennium Falcon leaving. (laughs) 
Yeah, and I love like it's total badass. He's coming through, and he's and the Imperial March is playing again. Yeah, like he's not leaving this to some minions. He's there on the scene. I do respect that about him. Mm. Oh, and then he gets left behind. (laughs) Similarly to Leia, how Leia is a leader who is involved Mm. and has her hands, you know, in the work. Hmm. Wonder where she gets it. Like father, like (laughs) daughter. Pretty bad, pretty bad. Oh my gosh! Glad well, I could Katie say that. and Emily, thank you so much for joining me to discuss. Um, you know, get the ball rolling for um, yeah. Empire Strikes Back, especially since um, Katie, you said this is your favorite movie. It of is the my favorite original. Original. So, but so. the next part coming up, although it, I think you know, you're right. It settles down, and it's sort of weird, and it's very murky in a lot of ways in mm-hmm, that beginning, mm-hmm. that middle part. But I think that part's really interesting, and and I enjoyed that part a lot too. And I couldn't believe we didn't even get to it. I was like, I thought it was the whole movie, you know. I know, yeah. And like, and you know, as much as I I, I don't want to gloss over things, which is why I've, you know, broken it up so that I can dedicate multiple episodes to each movie. But like, I mean, here we are at an hour 40 into the yeah. recording <laughs> of, you know, 40 minutes worth of a movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the back of my head. I'm like, do I need to break this down even further? But then I'm like, then I feel bad reaching out to guests and being like, hey, you're going to come on for 20 minutes. And like, what if it's like a really bad 20 minutes of the movie? And then I feel bad, you know, no such thing. No such thing in Star Wars. Okay, (laughs) well, maybe, maybe an Attack of the Clones. (laughs) Okay, okay. Okay. I say that with love. It's, it's my favorite. It's my favorite Star Wars. But still, I am I'm self aware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for having us, Mary Clay. This was so much yeah. fun, and I loved Thank getting you. a chance, like having an excuse to come home in the middle of the day and watch watch Empire Strikes Back, and uh, lots of cool stuff to come. And I did hear in your in your ep- episode about what you knew and what you didn't know that you have seen the you know Yoda. I call it the Seagulls video. <laughs> Oh, yes. that's yes. a classic! As soon so as um, as soon as my friends and I finished watching this, I pulled that one up because that's where um, a lot of the 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 footage for that yeah vi- YouTube video the next segment um, you comes talk from about is this is scene all or this that. movie. Yeah, <laughs> so we, funny. we we sing that regularly every day. That yeah. gets sung in my household. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's such a classic. Oh, so funny! I just I just I, I constantly have like I can be a backpack while you run <laughs> stuck in my head. <laughs> and that log had a child. Oh, I know, yeah. it's so funny. And I love like Yoda. Early Yoda is so hilarious. Oh my god! And yeah. I just and so the, that video really captures the yes, hilarious. I agree. The zany Yoda. Zany, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. the fuzzy bear. <laughs> Fozzie Bear Yoda. Absolutely, yes. Um, Well, why don't you tell me and the listeners where they can find you? Where can they follow you on the internet? Um, Where can they, you know, continue listening to your beautiful voices, by the way? Uh, I, it's like you guys should be on, are you on NPR? Have you previously (laughs) had careers with NPR? Because that's what both of your voices sound like you could be, you you. know, doing up first. Oh, yeah, I love up first. I do listen every morning. Yeah, yeah. No, um, so we are... Our Potterversity podcast is a part of the MuggleNet family of podcasts. So our um, our feed is everywhere you get your podcasts. And you can also listen through the MuggleNet website. We just also released a new book based on our podcast called 
Potterversity Essays Exploring the World of Harry Potter, and it's out from McFarland. So if you if you Google that or look on McFarland's website or Amazon, wherever books are sold, you should be able to find it. And we have essays, and then we also have uh, like episodes where people talk about their essays, and they, they're in combination, so you can read the book and listen to the podcast at the same time. But we have a lot of other podcast episodes about really everything in the Potterverse. And uh, we have a Facebook page, Potterversity, and we have an Instagram and X or Twitter, formerly yes, Twitter. Yes, that. Um, and so, uh, so we are on all those places, and uh, you know, we'd we'd love to we'd love to hear from from listeners. Amazing, yeah. Thank you so much. That will be linked in the episode description, listeners. If you would like to enjoy more of Katie and Emily, well, this has been a really wonderful episode. Now, before we can kiss our brother, you got to skywalk before you run. (laughs) (laughs) Or just skip kissing your brother. (laughs) Just weird. Skywalk Before You Run is hosted and edited by me, Mary Clay Watt. The cover art and music is by Jason Hilton. Follow the podcast on Instagram and threads at Skywalk Before You Run. Follow me on TikTok and Twitch at MCWhatsApp and on Instagram at MCTurnDownForWhat. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to become a supporter of this podcast, join the Deus Ex Media Discord server, and gain access to bonus material. This podcast is a proud member of the Deus Ex Media Network.